Today we are going to be taking a look at uh, another reformer. We're in the, uh, or proto-reformer, I should say, the, the men who were reform-minded, who preceded the Reformation, but who did not succeed in getting an actual Reformation started. And today we are going to be taking a look at a man by the name of Savonarola. Savonarola was an Italian. Uh, he was a, um, originally a, uh, a priest, a monk, and he uh, was a Dominican, I believe, we'll find out as we read from S.M. Houghton. Uh, and while uh, Luther, who was also a monk originally, uh, was an Augustinian. Uh, Savonarola was not, we'll see, a man who was uh, aiming at taking down the, uh, the false doctrines of the church, although he, he did identify a few. He was aimed mostly at the moral abuses. One of the things as we read about Savonarola, you should notice, however, is the way that uh, there was uh, a synthesis, uh, a deadly synthesis, we might say, between the church and the state, how they worked together, and how certain families uh, were uh, exercising an inordinate uh, control over the church. Some of the ruling houses uh, in Europe had essentially de facto control over, for instance, the papacy and the Western Roman Church. Uh, <laughs> Tom Hudson says one of my favorite Italians. He had a habit of getting into people's faces. Yes, he did. He did indeed. Uh, eventually, unfortunately, that got him killed. But uh, and there, I've given away the story. But I'm sure you could have guessed. Well, that's what happened. In any event, um, there were certain families that had huge control over the church and also the events uh, within Europe. Um, one of the most prominent of those families was a Florentine family by the name of the Medici's. That's the family that Lorenzo di Medici came from. Uh, they are going to be not only a thorn in the side of Savonarola, but reform generally. And also they're going to be involved in the uh, destruction eventually of the Reformation in France. Uh, they're going to be key to the uh, uh, the, uh, the pulling apart of the Huguenot movement and uh, the awful massacre of St. Bartholomew's Day, which was overseen by the evil Catherine de Medici, who was uh, the 16th century's equivalent of Jezebel uh, from um, ancient uh, Israel. But in any event, before we uh, get started with our reading today, let's go ahead and go before the Lord who gave us history in the first place. God our Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace. We do want to pray today uh, that you would help us to understand church history, to apply it, to understand that, uh, as uh, Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, there is nothing new under the sun. And, Lord, so much of our lives uh, is taken up with vanity. Savonarola at least saw that. He uh, encouraged the bonfire of the vanities, the burning of those things that take us away from Christ. And while he was uh, over-enthusiastic in, in other areas and... Um, and had uh, the wrong kind of applications. We know, O oh Lord, that he was right to want moral purity within your church. Help us the, to have the same spirit, the same desire. Lord, within each of us are the seeds of every sin, especially wanting glory and power and fame and all of those things that uh, Savonarola was uh, attempting to end. But uh, we pray, Lord, that you would help us to seek after a pure church while knowing that we will never see a pure church until the day when Christ returns and the uh, church triumph and the church militant are wed together in, uh, in that, that perfect harmony and there will no longer be sin, no longer be any of those things that corrupt your, your bride here on earth any longer. We look forward to that day, the reuniting of heaven and earth at the last judgment. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. All right, Savonarola. John Wycliffe was an Englishman. 
John Huss, a Bohemian, and Jerome Savonarola, another of the forerunners of the Reformation, was an Italian. But whereas Wycliffe and Huss were involved in attacking the unbiblical teachings of the Roman Catholic Church, Savonarola was not a doctrinal reformer. He was a man who attacked the evil lives and immoral habits of many of his fellow countrymen. God had used the writings of Augustine of Hippo to open his eyes to the moral apostasy in the church. Being a man of influence through his position and intellectual qualities, he began to think about the necessity of reformation. Born in the Italian city of Ferrara in 1452, Savonarola, even as a boy, was intensely serious-minded. For a time, he lived in a Dominican monastery, and at the age of 38, he went to the city of Florence, a center of science and arts, but shrouded in spiritual darkness and ignorance. Here, he began to preach and lecture, but his voice was harsh and unmusical, and few gave heed to him. Surprisingly, however, it was not long before he became a celebrated orator, and vast crowds gathered to hear his denunciations of the corruption prevalent among clergy and laity alike. Large crowds filled the majestic cathedral of the city, never tiring of hearing about repentance from sin, which Savonarola urged with growing, uh, glowing earnestness. The effect was marvelous. Many a hardened sinner was aroused and led to conversion from an evil life. Florence became a center of great revival, even though the teachings of Romanism still held sway, and the reformer became, for a time, the idol of the people of the city. His influence seemed unbounded. Now, one of the things that we, uh, we need to understand about um, uh, Reformation without doctrinal Reformation is that it never tends to succeed for very long. You can see that, uh, for instance, in the, uh, the lifetime of Josiah, the king of Judah. He uh, knocked down the high places and himself attempted to reform the church and so on. Uh, but the problem was that the actual uh, inhabitants of Judah did not go through the same religious reformation. The people of Florence uh, wanted, they saw the corruption and they desired an uncorrupt church, an uncorrupt, uh, uh, you know, um, a non-corrupt city, but the problem was they didn't have the, the miracle of regeneration uh, that changes the heart, changes the desires, changes the will of people. You can reform for a little while. We saw that, we'll see that later on in the uh, uh, preaching of, of Charles Finney. He came in and uh, essentially he was a uh, a teacher, although he would call himself a gospel preacher, he was a preacher of moralism, of the idea that you have inherently the power to change yourself. He really was either a Pelagian or a semi-Pelagian, but the, uh, uh, the, the fact is, unless we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, we're never going to change our evil habits. So we may change them for a little while. There may be this uh, reform in our, our actions, but because there's no principle of new life, it's uh, quickly stifled and dies out. We'll see the same thing happening with the Puritans in England. Unfortunately, the majority of uh, British laity don't change. And hi, Debbie. Um, anyway, back to Savonarola. In the days of Florence, in those days, Florence was under the rule of the House of Medici, and more particularly under the rule of Lorenzo di Medici, who feared the increasing power of the bold preacher. It was under Lorenzo, called the Magnificent, that a new movement began, a new movement known to scholars as the Renaissance was flourishing. It was a new birth of art, literature, and philosophy, and Florence was its great cultural center. Incidentally, if you ever go to uh, northern Italy, you cannot miss Florence. It actually is uh, one of the most beautiful cities in, uh, in, in Europe. Uh, uh, there are so many different um, uh, things that were added to it, but the cost of their addition 
Uh, the grandeur, the pomp, and so on came at the at the cost of uh, of decadence, unfortunately. In any event, beautiful city, but uh, obviously not beautiful morally, certainly during the 16th century when uh, Savonarola was operating. Uh, <clears throat> an interest in ancient Greek literature began to show itself, for in 1453 the Ottoman Turks had captured Constantinople, and scholars fled westward, taking valuable manuscripts with them. But the Renaissance was pagan rather than Christian at this time, and the Medici family had no sympathy with the teachings and high morals of Savonarola. For a time, Lorenzo showed the reformer favors and gave him valuable presents, possibly hoping to silence his preaching. But in vain, when Lorenzo was 44 years of age, he fell ill, realizing that his end was near, he sent for Savonarola. But when the latter found that he had no inclination to repent of his sins, he refused him the blessing, which it was his, uh, it was his custom to grant to the dying. Lorenzo was succeeded by his son, but the people ousted him, and Savonarola was unanimously chosen as ruler of Florence. He accepted the honor, thinking he would render his work of reform easier, but in this he was mistaken. For three years, Savonarola governed Florence, and he certainly gave it good government, but many people began to resent the strictness of the new ruler. The same thing is going to happen uh, during the, um, uh, the Puritan Commonwealth in England in the 1600s. The uh, Puritans obviously uh, are able, um, the Parliament and the New Model Army under Cromwell are able to defeat the King's forces and bring in a time of Puritan government, essentially a republic, even though he was kind of like a king and that he was the um, uh, he was the Lord Protector of England. But the, but the problem is the people are going to weary of the, the uh, being Christians without being Christians inwardly, acting like Christians, they're going to want uh, the days of the nominal Christianity, of uh, outward observances, smells, bells, and and the Anglo-Catholicism of the uh, the English kings back, and unfortunately they're going to go back, and the same thing is going to happen in Florence. Reform without re internal reformation never works. Incidentally, that not only happens uh, happened in Israel and England, you're going to see it affecting the uh, ministries also of Calvin and of Jonathan Edwards. Uh, it is very difficult to ask people to do those things on a consistent basis that are in keeping with the Christian faith but go against the natural man's will. It's one of the reasons why having an entirely Christian society is impossible uh, without uh, universal regeneration, simply because people don't want to do the things, they don't have a desire to do those things that are in keeping with the, uh, with the Christian faith. Um, they may, you know, agree in certain broad terms, but when it comes to giving up, for instance, um, uh, fornication, idolatry, and all of, you know, the moral, uh, the, the, the moral evils, that the natural man is uh, attracted to. They, they just don't want to do it. And they, they may do it for a little bit of time, but then they say, I'm not enjoying this. I want to go back to the, uh, the way I was under the, uh, the latitudinarian, the uh, permissive rule of the non-Christian rulers. And that's exactly what happened under Savonarola. The people disliked an application of Christian morality <laughs> uh, for any consistent period of time. Uh, as Savonarola intended the city to become the model of a Christian commonwealth in which God was the ruler and his gospel the sovereign law, the haunts of vice were abolished, gambling was outlawed, vanities of dress, both male and female, were to be restrained, and godly living was to be promoted. Cards, dice, costumes used in carnivals, and licentious books and pictures were to be destroyed in a bonfire of vanities. The men who loved these things, however, soon began to create an opposition and to stir up the people against their ruler. 
rather foolishly, Savonarola claimed to have the gift of prophecy, and he actually predicted that certain things would happen. But his prophecies failed, and even his supporters began to mistrust him. In consequence, his influence waned. Would that, when men made prophecies today, then, and they didn't come to pass, their followers said, oh, this man is a false prophet, and left him. Instead, we have you know, a channel, TBN, and uh, tons of uh, health and wealth preachers who make all of these prophecies that never come to pass, and their uh, foolish followers continue to send them money day after day. Because, of course, these prophets have now uh, redefined prophecy, saying that prophecy doesn't have to be 100%. You know, in the Bible, check the Bible, check Deuteronomy 18. If the prophet says, thus saith the Lord, he prophesies something's going to come to pass, and it doesn't, that man's a false prophet. You shall not fear him. Uh, this is somebody who should not be respected any longer. But Savonarola uh, grew too full of himself and his own power. He began to make prophecies as though he was a prophet of the Old Testament. They didn't come to pass, and it's because he was an ordinary man, not a prophet imbued with, with the powers of apostles and so on. And uh, he got himself into more and more trouble. At the same time, the Pope, a man of notoriously evil life named Alexander Borgia, who you, uh, he was the sixth of the papal Alexanders, took the lead in attacking the reformer of Florence. He was a Spaniard and one of the most wicked men who ever occupied the throne of Peter. When he became Pope, he had five children, and it was his aim to use his power to promote their temporal welfare. It has been said that how the Pope would proceed in regard to marriages, endowments, and the advance of his children became a question affecting the politics of all Europe. He held no moral principles that would have obstructed his aims. He was completely unscrupulous and was quite willing to engage in murder and the use of poison if his schemes could thereby be helped forward. Two of his children, incidentally, uh, were very famous, Cesare Borgia and uh, Lucretia Borgia. Um, Lucretia was famous as a poisoner. Cesare uh, became the model, actually, for uh, the, the, uh, the book The Prince, uh, by Machiavelli, he was uh, the um, the uh, the ultimate unscrupulous or amoral ruler who just did things in order to increase his power. Um, and uh, Medici, uh, the Medici's were very similar to uh, to this as well. They were all deeply unscrupulous people who would uh, um, who used assassins to get rid of their enemies and so on. Uh, very Putin-esque in their, <laughs> their view of government and so on. Unfortunately, they managed to uh, uh, to govern, um, and obviously the religion was just a tool to them. There was no real meaning in their faith. Uh, first of all, Alexander VI tried bribery uh, with Savonarola. He offered to make him a cardinal. Cardinals rank next to the Pope as the highest dignitaries in the Roman Catholic Church. The Pope is chosen by them, and from their number, Savonarola, however, rejected the glittering prize, saying, I do not desire any other crown than the crown of a martyr. The Pope, therefore, used other tactics to belittle the power of the reformer. The monks were persuaded to speak against him and to undermine his authority, and then the Pope excommunicated and imprisoned him. The citizens who had formerly acclaimed him now allowed him to be tortured in order to make him recant his teaching, and finally they joined in the cries of condemnation. But Savonarola remained unmoved. He could not be shaken in his convictions. And when the pains caused by the tortures of the Inquisition became unbearable, his lips uttered in anguish, It is enough, Lord, now take my soul. In May 1498, the reformer was put to death by burning. Great crowds had gathered in the central square of the city of Florence. With two of his friends, he was led to the stake. Like Huss, he was stripped of his priestly, uh, priestly robes sorry, in public while the crowd yelled, Now, prophet, show thy power and work a miracle. But Savonarola kept still. 
Had not his savior endured the same mockery and rejection? A bishop of the church now approached him and said in faltering tones, I separate thee from the church militant and triumphant. Militant, not triumphant, said the reformer, for you have no power to separate me from the church triumphant to which I go. And so Savonarola died at the age of 45. Some few from the enormous crowd present pressed forward to collect, if possible, some relic of the martyr, but the guards resisted them and carried out the instructions of those in authority, and the remains of the victims, three had been put to death, were to be borne away in carts and cast into the river Arno, which flowed through the city. Luther regarded Savonarola as a pioneer of the Reformation, but it is clear that his work was largely confined to the reform of public morals. It had no link with the reform of doctrine, which began, though not in Italy, about 20 years after his death. And so ended the, uh, the brief career of Savonarola in attempting to reform uh, the city of Florence. Um, one of the things that we need to understand in the setting of the Reformation is the Reformation, while uh, not entirely doctrinal, without a doctrinal component, it could not have gone ahead. Uh, Savonarola attempted to uh, create reform in the church without a doctrinal reform. It, it just doesn't work. Also, one of the things that uh, he, he did not have was um, uh, political protectors. One of the reasons why Luther's Reformation is going to succeed uh, a little while later on in the uh, 1500s is because he is in a political climate that was ripe for Reformation. What was happening in Germany was that all of their money was going over the mountains uh, into Italy. They were being uh, sucked dry by the leech of the Roman Catholic Church that was attempting to take in as much money as possible for all of these works to beautify uh, Rome and to add to the coffers of the various cardinals and bishops and so on. And the Germans began to resent it. Uh, and you began to see the stirrings of a German nationalism. Uh, indeed, nationalism is beginning to stir. People are beginning to think of themselves not just as uh, associated with cities and villages, but uh, nations and ethnic groups. So you're going to see the, uh, uh, eventually you're going to see Frenchmen thinking of themselves as Frenchmen and not simply Parisians or uh, uh, Normans, you know, from Normandy, uh, etc. So people are going to begin to think of themselves in terms of their ethnic groupings, uh, usually around the, the particular languages that they spoke. German is going to be uh, profoundly affected by Luther, who's going to uh, write the first widely distributed German uh, Bible. He's going to have a major influence on fixing the German language, for instance. So um, a lot of different things are going to have to come. God is going to have to bring a lot of things together. And we note that the providence of God is absolutely necessary for any Reformation to succeed. Indeed, for the gospel to spread uh, in the first place, there had to be all these different factors that had to come into play. You had to have the Pax Romana. You had to have the Roman roads. Uh, you had to have the common language of Koine that had been brought in by Alexander. And all of those things were necessary in order for the Reformation to be effected. There simply were not the things that were necessary for a Reformation in Florence were to take hold. Uh, there was not also the doctrinal teaching. And, and to tell the truth, Savonarola was, was a man who... Um, one of the things about Luther, Luther was headstrong. Luther made a lot of mistakes. Uh, Luther was choleric in his, uh, in his temperament. But he was surrounded by, by men who essentially <laughs> threw water on him when he was, uh, when he was about to um, burst into flame um, and uh, kept him under control and political leaders who, who said no to him. Unfortunately, there just wasn't that group around Savonarola of wiser heads, or calmer heads, I should say, uh, that would keep him under under control. Uh, every man uh, is, you know, um, have our men of with feet of clay. They're sinners at best. Even the best of reformers have their own particular sins and shortfalls. 
and shortcomings. And uh, without other men to, to keep them in check, um, they often uh, went to excesses and so on. And, and generally speaking, when they had absolute power, um, it didn't go well. Uh, we're going to see that in the case of Cromwell, although um, he's going to be spoken of very well, um, generally speaking, in this particular history. In any event, uh, we'll close uh, on the life of Savonarola there. Uh, another man who died uh, vainly attempting to bring reform to the church. Eventually, though, that reform is going to happen, but not without the blood of a lot of uh, other martyrs uh, coming in.